This is D-Rex. You guys have given me added hope that the future is still well within reach for everybody. They just got to buy in. And you guys have made it more more than accessible to do so. So keep up the good work, making it relevant to the masses, but also challenging those people that have been in this a while. So congrats, guys. You guys are amazing. Can't wait for more. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Yeah. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. We in Outshine. Bitcoins, we got them. Acquire, never sell. But catch us rolling deep like a Dell. Bitcoin, blockchains, cryptocurrencies. Three guys faded talking Bitcoin, no fee. That's the free Bitcoin podcast, insane. And adoption is still the only thing, thing, thing that matters, man. Hey everybody, welcome to the 200th episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. And I'm host number three, Corey. And you're seeing us on video. That's right. Live. <laughs> today, we, uh, today we have, as more often than not, Taylor right. from MyCrypto. Yeah. Welcome, Taylor. Hello, hello. Welcome back, Taylor. I am so happy to be here. You are token Guest white host. woman. Yes. <laughs> true. We should have done video uh, last time because that's when we were talking about the, the pigment problem here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had yesterday, we recorded an episode with uh, Krista Rose. And the entire point of the, of the episode was talking about diversity. So, oh, was yeah. it good? It was great, actually. I thought it was a great conversation. It ruffled some feathers. I got some DMs afterwards. I mean, oh, you did? Um, I did. I did get some DMs. DMs afterwards. That's 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 Chris DeRose, though, right? Like that's what he does. Yeah. Well, I thought it was going to be yeah. diversity in crypto, not just a general race talk, which I was kind of surprised yeah. by. But it turned into something productive, so that's good. Yeah. I'll have to listen to it because. I mean, as big of a, I don't, like, I don't know if you call him a troll or, like, I've called him a bully before. Sometimes on Twitter, he's a bit, <laughs> he's a bit too much for me. <laughs> That's true. But, um, you know, if he, the thing is, if you, if you listen closely to people, you can s- usually find something productive. Or if you, like, want to have a productive conversation, you can usually have a productive conversation and, like, actually understand where they're coming from. So I don't know. I appreciate you guys actually like going deep into that topic. <laughs> we did. It was interesting. Um, by the way, he identifies as an as an orange person, um, and so does Cello. So we figured that whole thing out. So if you guys listening and watching right now want to hear that, you'll be able to. So uh, we got to keep the lights on though, right, Cello? We got some stuff we got to talk about because we have to. Yeah. There's a few things that are supporting episode 200, um, May 9th and May 10th. The Startup Societies Foundation is hosting a summit at George Mason University in Arlington, Virginia, to discuss how 
special jurisdictions, blockchain technology, and green infrastructure are pivotal to the rebuilding of Puerto Rico in the wake of Hurricane Maria. The primary goal of the upcoming event is to create partnerships that will establish startup cities benefiting all Puerto Ricans. Uh, so speakers include uh, CEO and co-founder of Sensei Crystal Rose Pierce. Uh, uh, we just had an announcement episode with the CEO of BuildCoin, John Cronin, and CEO of, uh, of Loki, John Wise. They'll both be there. Uh, so use the BTC network for 20% off your tickets. Go to startupsocieties.com and find out more or check out the show notes. I'll have the, the link for the tickets. And if you have been a fan of the podcast for a long time, McKibbins from McKibbins and Saucier will be there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> McKibbins and Saucier. Let me know who's going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, a jingle for that one. Um if you want to change the world, join startup societies. Oh yeah. That's weak. That shit's weak. No that gonna, was no weak. I've done the better world from that jingle. Yeah, you can. You change the world one island at a time and you start with Puerto Rico. <laughs> Cuz every landmass is just some sort some size of island if you really think about it. Science <laughs> Next want to talk about sponsor. Today. Next sponsor. We got to talk about um I don't know, man. What do you want to talk about? Corey? Wait. You never you never bring in the talking points, man. Wait, wait, wait. You got you got a sponsor, dude. I'll talk about Crypto Pub later, man. This is my show. I'll talk about what I want to talk about. All right. Taylor, what's, new, what's new in your your the Bill Burr of the big one podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taylor. Mm. So it's gotcha. been a while since you've been on the show. It's been about a month, which is good. You come, you coming back around every month. It's like quick hop stop. You know, you get to come hang out with us uh, in the morning on Saturdays. So, what's new in the world of my crypto? Um, a lot actually. So we launched the alpha desktop apps, uh, which are like Electron builds of the existing site that you can download and run on your computer and. The nice thing about that is that you're no longer relying on, you know, typing in a URL or, um, you know, the DNS itself. Um, I think you guys talked to Will or Corey, you talked to Will. Yeah, I talked to Will on uh, hashing it out. Yeah, on hashing it out the day before my EtherWallet was attacked. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was just pure happenstance. I can't believe that the, like, stars aligned like that. So the conversation was... we had was so <laughs> relevant to exactly what happened. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been working on, on the desktop builds for a while and we decided to like push those out a little bit sooner rather than later. There's some like UX improvements that we want to make, but you know, the thing is, is that we're going to start pushing people towards, you know, using the apps for both desktop and then when mobile launches over the website, especially for like the private keys and the key store files, just because, you know, the, the sophistication of attacks that we're seeing is, like just insane. So that- well, if I if I if I have the desktop app, can I still get fished? And if so, like you said, the hacks are so sophisticated. How 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 could that happen? So if you have the desktop apps, like you could download a malicious desktop app, right? Like you could go to a phishing site to download a fake app. Um, but if you successfully download that app the first time, then you're good. You know, and that's like one of the reasons that. Before we had the desktop builds ready, we were pushing people towards MetaMask because you only have to um, install MetaMask correctly once. From there on out, it's just there. 
Whereas if you're going to mine crypto, like every single time there's like a, a small chance of error, you know, whether it's clicking a link from Reddit or um, typing in the URL or whatever it is. So oh. that's the benefit there. The other benefit is that with the app, you don't have, um, uh, you're not relying on like the DNS system itself to, to serve you, like to connect the URL with the IP address and serve you the correct content. Like it just is whatever you downloaded. Yeah. So, like, so if I can maybe re-say what you just said. Yeah. Uh, like every time you go use my crypto, you have to go there on the internet. And so you're relying on when you type in mycrypto.com and you and then your page pops up, you're relying on the DNSSEC or DNS servers to push you to the right place, the right IP address, the right computer that's hosting the mycrypto software. And more often than not, like I think what you all pushed was if you're going to put your private key in to access your wallet or use the JSON file to access your wallet, you should be downloading the source code and running it on your computer so that instead of having to go to some software running on some server somewhere through the internet, you can just do it locally and not like have a problem with that, with on that reliance. And what the desktop app does is basically bundles that software. So you don't have to have the prowess or know-how to download source code, compile it and run it on your own computer. You just double click an app and it opens up. So if you can get that app successfully on your computer, then you don't ever have to worry about that reliance anymore. Is that pretty much right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I don't know, it's kind of cool to have an app. Like yeah. the first time we built it successfully uh, and it like started running on my Mac and I had like the little my crypto icon in the dock and stuff. I was like, Oh man, this is so cool. Like it's just that's super, cool. super clean. <laughs> that's gotta be a good feeling. Yeah. From a from a user experience, like, do you feel like it's going to be easier for users? Because everything that Corey just said is we all understood it. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're crypto users, but in the past, I spent a lot of time on ramping. I should, probably should get back to that. I haven't done it in a while, but at a certain point, it always felt like, well, I'm just going to mama bird you out of this nest, and if you don't fly, um, you know, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> like it was. Like, what <laughs> yes. That people would come asking me all these questions that I thought were very simple. It was like, I can't believe you could figure this out. And I either had a range of uh, responses. I would let them figure it out on their own. I would sigh very deeply and like, ah, oh, this is going to be about a 30-minute conversation and like engage them. Or um, I would be happy because I went through all the hard stuff the first time I on-ramped them. And so is this user experience good for, for new people so I don't have to mama bird them and just kick them out of the nest. And if they fly, they fly. If they don't, they're coyote food. <laughs> I mean, as right now, the desktop app is essentially a build of the of the beta.mycrypto.com. So that experience, like we've obviously been doing a lot to try to improve it. But in terms of like really handholding people and doing like a wizard type situation or a walkthrough, that's like the next big item on the list in terms of user experience. Because mm-hmm. as much as we all love the 10 page click through where it like yells at you and tells oh, you all the yeah. things that could love go it. wrong. It's um, <laughs> I think it's great. I think it should be a quiz. 
Yeah, there should be a quiz at the end. There should be like a uh, beta.advanced.mycrypto.com so people don't have to go through that. <laughs> I do think I will say I think we have an issue up for like the next release that's going to be there's there's going to be like a secret Easter egg to not to not do the click through. <laughs> um anyways, but yeah, like you know, thinking about a new user who who has just kind of gotten in and either um, you know, just participate in an ICO or wants to participate in an ICO uh, or, you know, just wants to, to experiment and get into crypto, what is that, you know, what do we need to teach them and how do we teach them? Because one of the biggest problems with crypto right now is that you have so much like base knowledge that you need up front. So you could easily spend um, so, so, so much time just like dumping information on them. And, you know, at some point people get overwhelmed and like don't read it or run away um, <laughs> or hide or whatever. And so we've been thinking about how do you like kind of ramp people up and onboard them in a way where you're giving them, them like the pertinent information that they need to know as they go through the steps. So for example, you know, give them the basic safety stuff up front. And then when they generate a wallet, give them more information as they're generating that first wallet. Um, and once they have that wallet, give them the information on how to like successfully uh, and safely store that backup. Um, <coughs> sorry. And then same thing for like sending or ENS. Basically split up all that different um, onboarding information and have it happen like as they're doing it for the first time. And I think that'll be really, really like a massive improvement over like just throwing a 10 page click through up front. I like that Sweet. approach. Cool. That make that means I can baby bird people all I want now. It's like, mm -hmm. just go to my crypto and enjoy. I'm out. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's like the best way to get people to use your system. If you become the way, the easiest way to on ramp folks, then mm -hmm. there's no reason why you wouldn't blow up because like, I don't know. Once you once you spend enough time in, the, in this place, it, having the same conversation over and over and over and over and over and over and over again gets a little old in terms of trying to on ramp new people. I mean, D, there's probably a reason why you're not on ramping so much is because you've on ramped so much. Like, you, yeah, it's you would like to have a place where you can say, "All right, well, um, come back, go do this thing, and then come back, and we'll start talking about the lessons you learned and where to go from there." And that's what I do when I teach people or start talking to people about learning solidity is I go, all right, go take crypto zombies, go finish that course. When you're done with it, then we can start talking. And the people who can successfully get through that means that I'm going to have a constructive and worthwhile conversation with them. And if they can't, then I don't need to waste my time. And so there needs to be that type of thing for on-ramping people just into the space so they understand managing private keys, that you own your own data, what are the consequences of losing your, your seed phrase? Like these types of things. And so that we can say, go do this. Go get set up with a wallet using this service. When you're done, come back to me. We'll start talking. Right. Yeah. We should set up a, we should set up a riddles for people that come in Slack. You've, just you've, to like you've, you've tried to do that a few times. <laughs> like, you must pass the trials of the Brothers 3 as they stare over the <laughs> Just like really make people search for it. And then they're like, I really can't figure this out, guys. Please help me. We're like, it's total bullshit. We're glad that you <laughs> took the effort, though. We're glad. Um, 
So I've been diving deep into headlines because we started this new show, Taylor, called Just the Headers. Um, yes, that's a that's section. The perfect name. It's not a section <laughs> where it's totally serious. No, it's totally a section. We're joke. talking about the headlines okay. in crypto. And because blocks have headers, we're calling it just the headers. Got it. Uh, you Got need it. to get your fucking mind out of the gutter, Sex Corey. Joke. Um, and at the end of the show, we ask you guys to send in just the tips. So, um, <laughs> careful, Taylor. <laughs> You're representing all of my crypto right now. And all the so, women and all white people. So. Yes, you, oh my God. If, if, you, if got, you didn't know, you're you're, you're the leader of all of them right now. So anyway, oh I've been in the headlines, and one of the headlines that popped up a lot, it, it came out on the weekend, and then again on the Monday, was um, I got a news ticker. I feel like a, like a news guy. Um, it was Warren Buffett. And he's talking shit again. Warren Buffett is talking trash on crypto, like, at least four times a year now it's like he's got it set somebody's going to his calendar and they're putting there hey remember to talk trash about crypto and he's like oh yeah that i need a calendar to help me because i'm warren buff i'm very old but um what do you guys think about that like does he even remotely know what he's talking about because when it comes to tech he obviously doesn't have a great track record i mean Oh, let's just go down the line. Cello, Warren Buffett. You think he's full of it, or you think he knows what he's talking about? And we're all wasting our time here, caring so much about this. Yeah, he's old. Old people don't care about Bitcoin. Um, he uses nice. he uses a Nokia phone still. He's almost ninety. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't even know why it's really a, a topic of conversation. But we're not going to get Bitcoin commentary and advice from a ninety-year-old. Sorry. Yeah, I think that when you, like, I even noticed this with myself. When I was, like, 18, 19, I would, I had so much free time to, like, read everything and learn new things all the time. And now there's, like, certain things that I just kind of, like, I just write off. I'm like, all right, well, if this circle's back enough, like, maybe I'll learn it. Otherwise, like, I don't know, I'll pay someone to do it or just won't do it. And I think that that's, like, a really... common thing that happens as you get older you know like i basically my first job was you know printing out things and making pdfs out of powerpoints for someone who didn't ever want to learn how to use a computer so you know when you look at warren buffett's like he's nailed uh this like certain type of of life and he's nailed the investing from a certain perspective why why take the time or the energy to relearn that entire thing but mm-hmm. like for bitcoin it's much easier for for someone to just like you know write it off and i think most of us like even when we got into into crypto had that like the first time you heard about it you were just kind of like meh that's funny then, money yeah <laughs> and the, or like i don't get it or whatever it was and like usually when i talk to people it's like a couple times like two times three times of hearing about it before whatever something triggered them to like really dive deep into it. Mm-hmm. But if you're 90 years old and you're really successful at what you do well, you know, what what's going to be that trigger to actually get you to like dive deep into it? I don't know if there is one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, D told what me a- that I was stupid for looking at a Bitcoin when I first told him about it. I didn't exactly. say you were stupid. I said 
if I wanted Monopoly money, I'd play Monopoly. That's what I said verbatim, actually. <laughs> and you said, all right, man, well, I think it's kind of cool. And then you were persistent. So thank you for that. Um, my new tactic is to just send people a little bit of crypto and then wait for the six months to pass by. And then they're like, holy shit, you sent me $5 and now it's $15. And I was like, yeah, crazy, right? Why don't you join? There's more conversation than that. You should stop doing that. Yeah, why? (laughs) Corey, how much did I send you the first time? You sent me three ether for an article that I wrote a long time ago. (laughs) For an article he wrote. You lucky son of a bitch. I forgot what that paid for, but it paid for something. I was really happy about it. Oh, yeah. it paid for the Book of Mormon when I went to New York. So thank you for putting me to a Broadway show. And I still have more money. <laughs> hey, I'll check, I'll check your email for like four Ether if you want. <laughs> it was like, I mean, it had to be like, I don't know, $30, $40 at the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was, I was super psyched when I got it, even for the amount that you sent me at that time. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I still do that, by the way. Mm-hmm. it's more fun now because like they don't know where it's coming from either like i'll just send it from a random account and they don't know it's from me <laughs> and yeah, i'm just like yeah, I, I remember getting it and i you know being the person that i am i immediately did some investigation on the address and etherscan had it had it labeled as uh it was from as the, the donation account, as, as a donation address for my crypto and i was like or my ether wallet at the time and i was like holy yeah. shit y'all are awesome and so, there we go <laughs> Nice. I was it's so stoked. A... I was so stoked to see someone doing like real deep research into like the and like data, like just finding data. I still wish there was like more around. I wish that I um, had more time to do it, but uh, other things yeah. have taken priority. Yeah. Yeah. It's always nice getting the whole numbers of the major cryptos. Like whenever you get like a some some money just went in your wallet and you look in its whole numbers and you're like, yes. Mm-hmm. I love whole numbers. Um <laughs> well Oh yeah, I got a, a quick story. Um, it, it's my birthday this week, so I I sent out this uh, tweet saying, "Hey guys, it's my birthday. Send me money." And I actually got <laughs> I actually got some money from a coworker that I worked from eleven years ago. I haven't talked to him since. And I he he was a software developer at this company I worked at eleven years ago, so it makes sense that he's in the crypto. But I thought that was cool. I haven't talked to him literally in eleven years, and he sent me a tip. So. uh that's the crypto community for you. What's the guy's cool. name? Should you give him a shout out or something? Nah, we're not like good friends or anything. The same. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you Thanks you for your money, but uh, yeah, no, no worries. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. Yeah. Thanks for the tip, bro. Uh, I'll see you next eleven years. I'll be asking again. <laughs> um, it's funny that you mentioned that thing, Taylor, on um, the. the I call it like you allocate your ignorance mm-hmm. um, because once you, I think when right around the age, like in between like 25 and 30, you start to figure out like, oh, the only true currency is time. That's it. Everything else is just shit that we've made up to make life what it is. The truest currency is, is time. And so if you allocate your ignorance, it allows you to better allocate your time. And I understand that like my ignorance is infinite. When it comes to new topics, like there's somebody on this planet right now that knows more about flowers than I could possibly imagine, right? Like if I really wanted to know the power of this age is that I could find that person. And if I wanted to be less ignorant about dandelions, I could then go get the anatomy, 
the femus or whatever the whatever you call the anatomy of a flower and i could learn all that shit but i'm accepting my ignorance on flowers so i can allocate time to be less ignorant on other things mm-hmm. and and unfortunately um if you care about crypto you can't be that ignorant you've got to allocate some time to learning some things so for those of you that are new and we know there's at least five of you by my estimations, that are listening or watching, um, you, you've got to allocate some time to being less ignorant to this stuff because you literally can't afford to be ignorant because you could be like some of the unfortunate uh, bystanders of what happened to my, my, my Ether wallet last week. Um, so there's my little soapbox moment. Yeah, but like, you guys have any other? There's a, there's a reason for that. And it's because this technology is so drastically different. Like it is yeah. disruptive and innovative. So you can't use the same assumptions that you've used everywhere else. But luckily, yeah. because the age of the internet, like, I don't know. I, I, I think people take that for granted. What you just mentioned is that no matter what the topic is or what is you're interested in learning, we're at a day and age where you can go learn it from the guy that's so enthusiastic about it that he spends his spare time writing about it or creating content around it. And so yeah. you can learn whatever you want from the people you should be learning from more often than not about mm-hmm. anything. And like, I remember growing up reading like the, remember, did anybody have the big ass encyclopedia? Like they yeah. took up Britannica's like 15 shells, right? And Compton. I had them both. And you, those weren't updated. That shit was nope. wrong. It was wrong for a long time. And they're written by like, you know, <laughs> one source. And now you can you can figure something out from multiple sources from the people who are the most adept at talking about whatever that situation is. And so for new things that require that type of stuff like crypto, there's just a plethora of resources to figure that stuff out. Almost too much, to be honest. I mean, yeah. just based on your just the headers, there were what, like two hundred and fifty headlines last week? There were 250 headlines between Saturday and Thursday morning. And I was like, holy shit, I'm just talking about three. And people are still like, this is so much information. And I was like, There's, that's, it's not really that much information. You missed, you missed out on like at least 190 articles that we didn't go over. So um, of course, there's some duplicates. News, they talk about the same stuff. So you drop that down. I'd say that there were at least 150 to 160 unique news items so um there's a lot of news a lot of information out there um it's funny i had encyclopedia britannica Corey, and my parents being smart slash lazy would just make they would like take random letters and they would say all right go find that letter and find something in the encyclopedia and read about it and i was like we used Dope. to get uh <laughs> like regular updates like inserts to our encyclopedia and mm. i remember being so excited when they came in i'd read the entire thing every time it came in oh yeah and zoo i was books. a nerd well i'm still a nerd but yeah zoo that books was, that was my jam uh highlights what's up i had highlights <laughs> i <too>. loved highlights <laughs> yeah i didn't love highlights i only Same. liked the find the items in this picture part of highlights Everything else was garbage. I didn't look at that stuff. It was just it was just that one thing. 
Yeah. I don't, I don't even remember. So my dad, my dad's an engineer, right? So he has like heaps of books that are not kids books at all. Like I think the mm-hmm. most, the most like kids book that we had like in the garage was like um, the way things work. Do you guys mm-hmm. remember that one? Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't remember that one. But go oh, on. it has like the cover. It has like it's all the way things work. The type is made up of like little things, like like gears and like shafts and like I don't book. know, like things. It's a, it's great. But I would just soak in everything, anything. Like I would like be reading like some like you know, there'd be like some magazines or um, like Scientific American. I think he would get all the time, and I would just like read it. But then I'd go and I'd find the old ones from like the 80s and the 70s. And like I'd read them too. <laughs> I didn't give a shit though. It's like I just wanted like any amount, anything and everything. Just put it in my brain, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, man, we really took advantage of how hard, how facts are so free nowadays. And we took advantage of a time when they weren't that free because. Mm-hmm. Damn, that probably costs a lot of money printing out all that stuff. But yeah. it's kind of my dad still has them too. He still has like boxes yeah. and boxes of like magazines from like the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. He spent good money on that shit. He's like, yeah, he's like, we're not throwing these away. <laughs> when no such thing as freemium back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, there's too much information now, and mm-hmm. it's not vetted. Like, that's that's kind of the the, the we've gone too far type of scenario we're in now is that like you can get information from anywhere but you don't really understand the quality of it or how well it's vetted or well sourced and so you can mm. like there is the ability to just say shit with the air of authority and people will believe you because they don't spend the time they're, they're spending enough time just finding information they're not going to spend that extra time to make sure it's good information there's well, a surplus of facts. like tabloids you know, if you pick up a National Enquirer, you don't care what the source is from. You're just reading. Mm. You guys want to know a fun fact? Yes. Yeah, drop it on. Scientific American, the first issue came out in 1845. Hot damn. Didn't they just invent that's science? That's right when they invented science, I think. <laughs> Seriously. That's crazy. Are you sure about that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, we got to go to the interview. So this is episode two hundo. Oh yeah, it's like I feel like I should have more butterflies. Like, hey, you, like have a, you have an ad to talk about. Yeah, that's what I was going to go into it. Oh, sorry. I've I've got it right here. I've got the person's. I got the product here. Sorry for breaking your. Thumb. But uh, yeah, man, you really just fucked up my rhythm there. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so. This is episode 200, and it's brought to you by CryptoPub. It's a cryptocurrency e-magazine. Um, the e stands for electronic. For those of you that live under a rock, and it's been a while we've been using that colloquially. So it's an electronic magazine. Uh, you can get a year of it for free um, because the next year they're going to auto-debit you um, for $99. So the first year's free. <laughs> Second year's $99. Um it's news, guys. So um, it's a magazine in electronic form. It's all about cryptocurrency. Uh, so some of their most recent articles, uh, spotting opportunities with moving average crossovers, um, how to do technical analysis. Then they have 
technical, actually technical articles too, how to protect your coins. Um, crypto risks 101, phishing, your, phishing for coins. Um, so there's, there's good information, like we've just mentioned, is that um, it's hard to find good information. This is one of the spots where you can. Um, crypto pub. My, f- my favorite part of that is I, they became a sponsor before you started the Just a Header show. And they're almost kind of like your competition. Nah. Well, when you overthink things like that, Cello, you could actually think it into that scenario. Nah. <laughs> but it's Crypto Pub. It's a magazine. Go get it. <laughs> uh, so today's <laughs> But also listen to Just the Headers. Also, yeah, listen to Just the Headers. Um, so... What are we doing? Um, oh, a jingle. Uh, uh, Taylor, you want to try a jingle off the top of your head for Crypto Pub? No. Uh, okay. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> it's too early, guys. <laughs> no. Cello, how about you? Um, no, I'm not good at it. Uh, what about you, Corey? Hmm, I think I might find something here. If you're looking for a thing to get your hub, go get the news at Crypto Pub. Eh? No. Eh? What is getting good. What is getting uh, your hub? I feel I wanted tone? to say hubby. You know, like you know what women call their husband or some shit. I don't know. I, it, it is off the top of my head. I didn't. I didn't plan for that. <laughs> hub. Corey, <laughs> you should have just said no. Hub. You're never gonna get a response to that. Y'all Kevin's like, Kevin's like, he's probably like, why is she yelling "hub"? <laughs> Every day is new, and I guess this is what marriage is about. Every yeah, he did not come. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe it's just me. All right, Cello, you want to intro the guests, and then we could cut to the interview. Yeah, speaking of uh, love and hubs, we got um, ex porn star. Kenny Styles on the show. He was our guest uh, episode 100, and he's coming back 100 episodes later. Kind of give us an update on his life. People have been clamoring to hear more on the subject, uh, and he was nice enough to come back. And he is all passionate. the way from Bangkok. He's passionate about this this, this topic is. of conversation we we discuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. Um... I felt guilty for about 48 hours about the porn industry. Yeah, I got over that um, real quick. I had to get over that. Just for <laughs> mental, like, I had to get over that. I was like, man, those girls are treated right for, like, 48 hours. And then I was like, get out of my brain. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, it's Kenny Styles. Um, here it is. All right, coming around full circle today, uh, we celebrate episode 200 of the Bitcoin podcast. Uh, we invited back our guest from episode 100, uh, ex-adult entertainer, steaming advocate, decentralized, trailblazing entrepreneur, Kenny Styles. man. Thanks, brother, for uh, joining us from across the world once again. What's good? What's good, everyone? Happy 7 million Bitcoin today. Oh, yeah. Last, <laughs> last time you were on the show, uh, man, was back in... 2016, and you you gave us like your your origin story, like the aha moment with Bitcoin, and to this day, it's, uh, that episode is like one of the most shared episodes. People write it all the time. I mean, you know it on Twitter. Someone even reached out to you the other day. Like, it's just one one of our biggest episodes. So, um, you know, here we are. Yeah, 
got to say thank you to Tantra Punk, really, because he mentioned it, and I, I and I was just taken aback. I was like, holy, that's a uh, hundred episodes ago. That's really fast. You guys have been going steady. So I, I uh, respect that. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, what have you been up to in the last year since we haven't spoken? You know, what's what's new? <laughs> I know that's a broad question. Yeah, surviving, really surviving the bear nap, uh, for sure. Um, nice to see the bulls back in Bitcoin. Um, I've I've been shaky myself. Like I feel hodl gang or whatever you want to call it has been <laughs> disbanded a long time and a lot of my friends i mean pretty influential people when i first started getting into crypto in the beginning they were you know a lot, i felt some people were even like getting out of bitcoin totally um but i mean i have a pretty old school technique with my my stacking and uh it makes it really difficult for me to to do um impulse moves and i appreciate that now coming back out of the out of the dip because um there were definitely shaky times where i would have sold out some bitcoins um but i i, I hey call me a bag holder but i just believe in the original the og and anyone coming out against it um, have to have projects that really inspire me and um, there's just been more and more and more FOMO on ICO stuff happening and it just it, it to me I always think about it hurting the crypto game in in the bigger picture because how many times you're going to get burned with an ICO before you think the whole crypto thing is fucked um, but at the same time I don't know a lot of like I don't know. We used to be called conspiracy theorists, I guess, but like a lot of the early day anarchists and libertarians and stuff like have compelling arguments about Bitcoin being bought. Um, and I can't see much because I live off this. So, I mean, <laughs> it's been hard. It's been definitely been a challenging time. And Diversification has been what I've been up to since I last spoke to you guys. Um, not necessarily in crypto, but in like revenue streams um, and try to move away a little bit. Like whenever the charts are down, I just do my best not to look at them and, and figure out other ways <laughs> to put money on the table, you know, and put well, yeah. food in my baby's mouth, more, more importantly. So it's been well. got to be tough <laughs> living solely off of crypto, like solely off of crypto. I mean, Hmm. That's talking the talk and walking the walk, walking the like you right. talk it. I mean, how how are you going through? Because even in the last year, there's been lots of dips. There's been lots of like forty percent corrections, you know, thirty five percent corrections. We say correction because it makes us yeah. feel better. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> for sure. But I mean, what's you got to have like? You gotta have nuts of steel. I mean, there's really no other way of putting it. Like, how do you deal with those dips? Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, right? Like, it's like this. I had no choice. Like, it, like the guys, your 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 listeners who who remember the hundredth episode, you know, they they already know the story. But the thing is, it's like 
and and even more recently, I feel like the the adult industry they've had a few, especially in the states, they had a few um, big ha- big things even in the last month that are, are going to make this real for a, l- a lot more people. But I just guess I was blessed. You could say I was blessed by being an alien in your country and having to deal with the IRS and the and the tax man breathing down my shit in the early days that I had no other way to get paid. So for me, it wasn't a matter of like big balls. It was a matter of like, well, are you just going to go back into the system and be a tax slave? Or are you just going to like believe in this and throw yourself more into research, more into like, I mean, I'm not a tech guy, but I've started learning. I want to get into programming. That's been a new thing for me. That's just another way to, distract myself from the markets and just think about how can I maybe use my experience, the insights that I got off of my journey to to be innovative in, well, specifically in the EOS play in the, in the field, you know, um, mm-hmm. because I know that a lot of people ain't ever going to, they're never, they, well, firstly, they don't have the time because they're just hustling, you know, keeping their head above water. And um, I, I, I value that as a, as a currency personally, like having my time freedom, I don't want to squander it. So I've been figuring out, like, how can I, how can I be of service to my industry, if I'm going to call it like that. But, um, so I'm not like, a lot of people think that I went anti-porn and all of that. I mean, they've been saying that for years. I mean, it's been five years. Well, yeah, it's been six years since I've been in the industry, like active as a performer. But um, I'm still trying to figure out what's the best route for people to get through as protecting the performers and producers. I've been keeping a close eye on on some of the projects that have been emerging. I'm sure we're just going to talk about them. And um, I just want to... I just want to stay focused on like how can we use blockchain tech to empower everybody. Like I know I'm I'm in the adult industry, and that comes with its own let's say prejudices in like mainstream. But at the same time, it's like it's not going anywhere. I can't suddenly be someone else. So I just stay focused on that. You know. Do, do you um, want to disrupt it or do you want to empower it? You know what I mean? Because like <laughs> the reality is, is like you know, nobody's buying. They're not buying Playboys. Insiders adapt to new tech or uh, piracy. The DVD sales are waning. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, mm-hmm. let's give cam girls more money. Let's introduce a new infrastructure for the adult industry. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I could just go to Beeg dot com or Pornhub and browse videos until I pass out from exhaustion. Will it be <laughs> yeah. enough though? You know, because the, the free porn piracy model is destructive. I get it, but do we disrupt or do we empower? I hear you, man. And and honestly, when the whole thing went down with Vice and Steam and how they went, I mean, uh, it to me is like it, it's like a game of following the breadcrumbs, and, and and actually it goes back earlier to the sort of the this, the, the I don't want to I don't know how what were like the the this the the split between Ned and Dan. It goes back to Steam, and, and then having to look into what what because then neither of them will really speak on it and it's like well what what went down and why 
And then I started learning more about EOS. And so it goes all the way back there, but ultimately when I look at VIT or Vice, Vice Industry Joker and their projects and things like that, I still see them as stepping stones because, so yes, disrupt and empower. How about that? It's not one or the other. How about we do both? Because at the same time, you've got people who are completely unaware and, and get, getting directly affected by this um, monopoly that's happening in the industry. And so I don't want to say like, well, I'm clearly, I'm not clearly not in bed with, with, well, I'm just to say it, mind geek, brothers, the whole monopoly that's going on. Um, I also have strong feelings about even the type of content that they perpetuate and promote. And in that argument as well comes in to play the whole free porn, pirated free porn uh, ad advertising model. And so the concept has to come out, right? And so it's almost like you got to give them you got to give them some yardage to hang themselves, right? So you got to let them run with it. And I see Vice Token and Playboy and all of them, you know, their names, they have brand recognition. They may, it, to me, it is like, because, you know, so they went Ethereum, uh, they went with the Ethereum route, right? Um, and that was mainly because the S&T delay. And um, I'm just... I'm like, okay, well, Ethereum um, as a spank chainer with Ethereum as well. Like Ethereum is like right now. And so as a solution for people, even just to start learning about how blockchain can benefit the industry, I think it's a good thing. But I'm not, you know, I'm not ignoring the fact that they're still the play, you know. They're still the players who have a lot of influence in the game, and they're still looking ultimately to keep their leverage over performers. So empowering performers, I think, comes later on um, once a reward model is established. Because you can't argue with that. Like that's the, that's the only saving grace that I see with the vice industry token is that. Once that comes into play, you can't argue that. Why the hell would you be, you know, spanking it for free when you could be earning yourself some, you could be a professional wanker, I guess, you know? Damn it. That's a question I should have asked myself years ago. So I, I have a, I have like, the question that I have is if you want to do both and there needs to be an empowerment, who are the people that need to be empowered? And why do they need to be empowered? Like, what what problems are they facing that they're not able to do what they would like to do, or what? How like who? How are they being suppressed? And how does blockchain help them become empowered? Or like like what implementations of blockchain do we have now that aren't fulfilling that role? All right, now that I mean that's that's great, and I would say that it's the two main prongs are um, the fees. So getting paid, right? So getting your money out of the adult industry in any way, if you're an independent uh, producer or performer, you're gonna you're gonna be hit with heavy fees, 
like any platform where that performers are independently producing their stuff, they're pretty much like uh, campsites across the board are pretty much taking 70% of their earnings. Um, I think, yeah. <laughs> and they used to be, and I mean, that's changed a lot in the last sort of 10 years, but it's never been as, it's never really been better than 50-50. And, that, and when you're looking at someone like back in the day, putting, producing their content and putting it online, giving up half of their rights and half of their um, returns for basically what they're getting is a, is a white label. The webmasters were banking and, that, and, and those, those same webmasters are the ones who really are the admin behind a lot of the tube shit that goes down. So it's not, it's, it's completely fucking incestuous. I mean, what do you expect in the, you know, at the end of the day, you have, I'm, I'm been in it since pimps found out about digital pimping, you know, that's, just, I mean, if, if anyone knows from back in the day, digital pimps was a big forum where a lot of people came on, but then I, I was around when a, a lot of real pimps came on and they were like, okay, I mean, for want of a better word, they controlled their bitches and they made it a hell of a lot more money. They scaled up to internet pimping instead of just delivering their, their their women to the to the motels and making a and still and still taking half when when that, when she come out of the room they still took half still drugged up the bitches still fucking made them do shit they didn't want to do right they were still being uh, oppressed you know and, and manipulated that ain't cool i mean i, I obviously personally have um certain opinions about um, sex workers, like escorts, prostitution, like being, being, um, not being fair on the, on the actual people who are doing the work. But um, yeah, when, when it went onto the internet, then they just figured out ways that they basically control the women still. So and that's by taking it up to seventy percent. Now, that's that's really what it what it how it's evolved and manifest is. You can be a, a campsite owner, and I'm a campsite owner myself. So I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say that I'm not um, profiteering from 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 the sale of digital online sex because I still am. But I lo- I put my commissions down to the lowest possible that I could, which is two percent. Now there's there's and that's two percent of the of the of the 70 right so the model is still getting shafted and still coming out with 30 cents to her dollar right but i'm taking two and the platforms are taking the rest and it's like there's other platform there's other manip uh well i guess there's you could call them manipulators or you call them managers i call myself a manager i guess but there's <laughs> there's ones who are taking taking a cut out of the 30 percent so there's that, there's that hurdle that that's, that's, uh, blockchain could totally, uh, I know Spankchain has its, its Ethereum campsite, but it's buggy and a lot of complaints, it's still in the works, so I can't really, I'm not really going to talk on that because I'd like to see it succeed at some level. Um, but, you know, a, a, a crypto-based campsite can eradicate a lot of that if it's if it's managed well, right? Um, because of course, 
I mean, further down the scale, that you have like um, what is D porn or porn D from from the Steam it sort of camp, um, mainly dealing with amateur level stuff. But at the same time, like <laughs> you still have to look at you have to learn about the ICO manipulation and 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 who are the pre mined or the token holder, you know, holders in the beginning, and and you have to be vigilant. And what we really want is, from the base up, uh, uh, an honest and transparent system that we can work with. And that's what I feel like EOS is going to bring to the game. Um, if there's if there's developers inspired enough to make it happen like that, because ultimately, the people who have the tech know-how or the ability to do so, at the same time, everybody's protecting their interests, right? Everybody wants to make that. Everyone, everyone wants to be a whale in today's world, right? And they're not really thinking about um, the consumer base, or not even the consumer base, but the the creators of the content. So there's that. But I, I mean, that's that's a big topic to talk about. We could go in on it, but at the same time, even if you come out of like the adult industry um, niche, then the next the next wall you get hit with is uh, payments payment solutions. So in the last two weeks, and this has been a big shift for me because I had to change a lot of things. I had a lot of money coming in. Well, not, I had some money coming in from affiliate sales and stuff that I put out years ago that was still paying me today for, for, you know, advertising porn campsites and things like that. Um, and I had it all funnel coming in to certain pay cards. Now, MasterCard Visa, they just turn around and because the U.S. has, has a new law now, uh, the Sester and Foster Act. I don't know if you know anything about those. It's basically new laws um, um, combating uh, human trafficking and sex, sex, child, child prostitution, and all of this stuff. But underneath it, uh, it basically gave the SEC a lot of. Um, power and influence and it scared the shit out of the payment processes so now overnight after that came out the payments for a lot of my affiliate programs the payments for my campsites that no longer comes to a payment card anymore now you have to have a registered bank account you know obviously that means having an id and all the rest of the stuff which as we know privacy is now <laughs> It's no longer a thing in the U.S. So you can't, the tax man needs to know where the fuck everybody's money's going, basically, right? Because they're dropping bombs and needing to pay for that shit. So at the end of the day, I mean, this goes deep, right? It goes big, yeah. but at the same, and the, the same thing, there's no choice. So you can't get paid. So you can't get a card with Visa or MasterCard no more. So now it's like, well, shit. For me, I'm seeing it. I'm trying to see the silver lining as, okay, right now I've got some forced savings going on, right? Because I trust the companies. They've, I've been working with them for years. They ain't going to just go, they ain't just dis dissolving with my money, even though i got to say this, First Choice Bank, and they, they, they used to run the Payoneer card. Now, they've, they've tried to pull some shit because um, they're, their press release saying that they would only release funds that were on the card 
back to the issuing companies if they requested them. And I mean, when you're talking about hundreds of thousands of CAM performers, for example, um, I don't know what's going to happen with them, but they're folding. So I don't know. There's a there's a definitely uh, a clock ticking on on people who are holding money on Payoneer cards. I I advise anyone who's listening to this who has any substantial amount of money, and I know a lot of CAM girls do, is you need to start pulling that shit out as fast as you can. And I know that most of the girls, the card, the, the basic card is like a maximum two hundred dollar withdrawal limit. But there's no limit on your um, point of sales transaction. So if you have if you have bags and bags on that, then go buy yourself a fucking TV. Go buy yourself something that you can resell. Go buy some gold. I don't know what you're gonna do, but it's gonna take a long time to get your money out if you only have to pay, if you can only pull two hundred a day. So, so um, I'm curious. Like one, you're making me like just as a consumer of the struggles of the adult industry just like emotionally connect to stuff that I have made a conscious effort to disconnect from for a very long time, but I'm going to have to evaluate that on a personal level. But I want to know before we started talking, you were thinking, you were talking about Verge and Pornhub recently was like, Hey guys, by the way, we're taking Verge now. Um, of the litany of well-performing cryptocurrencies, we're taking that one. And everyone's like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, but how do you how do you feel about that? I mean, you're obviously very intimately involved <laughs> with the adult industry. So how do you feel about Pornhub's move? Um, okay, so well, I don't even know where to start because a lot of people in in the industry now, actively in the industry, they cannot speak directly about anything to do with mind geek and who that used to be man win that used to be who basically when you follow the money goes all the way back to the initial porn hub red tube all of the piracy based models that destroyed the industry and i'm talking about like when we used to be at going to the caribbean to shoot or now you're going to Canoga Park to shoot, right? So, um, for me, it starts there. For me, it's like, well, you need to know who you're doing business with, and you need to know the ethics and morals of those entities. They're called entities, right? They're corporations now. I mean, we ain't pointing. To, I remember the day when we could actually point fingers at individuals, but they keep changing. It's like it's kind of like the U.S. government. They keep changing their front man. All it's not any individual now, and they own so much um, property in in porn. It's like no one in the business can speak out about it because it's going to directly affect their income. The next thing you know, they ain't got as many. Um, they don't have a deal. They don't have scenes to produce uh, uh, or they don't or they're not good getting booked for scenes and then all of a sudden they got to go you you could just get tossed back in the back in the pool right so for me i don't do business with, with dogs you know i don't lay with dogs that's it and um and i see the way that they've been going and the way and 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 wider than that the way that the free porn model the wider implications, the social implications, the the 
the porn addiction implications of that model and what it's done already in the short time that they've been around. And I'm talking about the millennials. I'm talking about the, the young, the youngers who hit me up, who, who they seriously, that it's affecting their lives, right? Because they just, they're too distracted. They're too addicted to the, to the, to the, to the release of porn. And it's right there on their fingertips. And I don't think that, is beneficial for the whole. So then, that's without them. That's that's just them. Period. Now, for them to be partnering up with Verge, which already like, now I'm not even going to try to speak on it because I just when they first came out, just on my initial readings, I was just like, oh no, I ain't even going to read into that anymore. It's my point, right? Because I was just getting at that time. I feel like around that time. When was that? I mean, there were so many other coins coming out and like I was mainly interested in uh, researching how privacy coins might be more suited to the adult industry at the time. And, um, well, you know, like I just felt like, ah, uh, why, why wouldn't, if you as a multinational corporation looking to seriously bring crypto into this, into the marketplace, why wouldn't you go with market leaders like Bitcoin or any of the other top five, right? And for me, it just it stinks of of some manipulation in there. You can't even imagine how much money they can put into their chosen pump and dump. And I don't know, man. I just don't know. I can't give too much technical analysis, I guess, on the the coin itself. But I just look at the company. The, the 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 mind geek themselves. And I, I just I think I will say it. Somebody up at the top of old porn up has a giant bag of verge. I mean that's just clear as day. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's just clear as day. Yeah. Uh, but the way you talk makes me think me putting that out in public there might be like some ninja porn up guy waiting to jump from a tree and take me out. But like <laughs> I don't I don't want that to have to say what tell him. Well, Pornhub has a podcast too, where they can like go to the mountaintop and shout and and and, and pump verge. And I'm wondering, like, if they if they attach, and, and you know, Kenny, I'm gonna have a telepathic moment with you right here. I'm not gonna name names, but there's some uh-huh. porn stars that are back, even Spank Chain that are releasing endorsement videos, uh, talking mm-hmm. about cryptocurrency, but they don't mm-hmm. fully understand what cryptocurrency could do for the industry, or they just don't fully understand the fundamentals. If they're taking a position to be a spokesperson for this type of stuff, it's just a fad. Do you see that bringing long-term harm to the general interests that you know we're all trying to push towards? Um, okay, so I feel like it comes back to a couple of comments. It's like everyone wants to be a whale. Not everyone got the time to put in the research and put in the study, no one, no, or even the inclination. Right? No one even really wants to go that deep on tech. Because it, it it sounds too much, but if if you are PR model or you are a spokesperson or you if that's your gig, that's what you do is you can look good and follow the script, and people are going to listen to you because they've been jacking off to you for however many years. Now some of these people are my friends, but I ain't saying that they are the most read on crypto now. Yeah, I mean that's harmful to 
I guess the 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 loyalists of what what crypto really stands for. But is it a progression? I think so. I think there are stages to evolution. I think that that um, even no matter how hard we go on on this is the, the, the thing is in the free market it's like there's not even really a, an argument about ethics no more right because it's like well we're doing our thing you have in the voluntarist world you you don't have to buy our thing but if we put this pretty people in front of you you're going to buy it if you don't know nothing about it and and then that that is problematic for sure but um i what is the alternative? I mean, to keep standing by the projects that you believe in and create a landing space for for the people that get burned and also just create more education, more find more ways to talk about it to the everyday person and not, you know, drown them in tech and explain how how things may be more risky than others. And here's the thing, it's like, it, it, to some level, there needs to be scandal, there needs to be drama, there needs to be, people, there needs to be errors, right, to spark evolution, right? So, I mean, and, and, and that's even saying, that's, that's coming from the more leaning to the more conspiracy-minded person like me, but you know, to the, to the more optimistic mind, it's like, well, maybe they're just going to control a lot of that currency and still put it to good use, and there's still a use case for it, and you know, it could be a success, and then all of a sudden, everyone can turn around and say, "Hey, fuck you, Kenny, you were wrong," <laughs> and I'm happy to be wrong. See, that's the thing. That's the difference. Is I'm happy to be out there saying, "Well, this is my belief. These are my morals. These are my ethics." These are the people, of course, everybody can change, but prove it, prove it to me. Do something for the good of the whole. And that's different because we're in the free market, right? So, you know, everyone's got their interests. Isn't it kind of uh, like, uh, like, wouldn't, because a well-run blockchain-based solution for performers could give them so mm. much more money in terms of the actual cut. Wouldn't mm. something that worked properly in in the I guess an open blockchain scenario garner a lot of interest from people from from the performers because they'd make so much more money, which takes a lot of the draw away from so, the the more monopolistic people. I mean, is that is that something that's even feasible, or or are they have so much control that it, it's not? I believe so. I'd like to believe so, and you know maybe um like idealistic in that sense but on the micro like let's 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 use camming for an example it's like on the micro level how i've seen it happen is that it goes through the amateurs first because they are the ones hurting the most i don't know what everybody's reason why they want to be a cam model but i know that all the single moms all the the stay-at-home moms all the students the struggling students all them girls got on there first in the camming when the camming days was the first out and then the porn stars didn't give a shit because they're on set making what you made in a month in an hour so it didn't really get 
the mainstream porn attention until five, six years, ten years down the line. You know what I'm saying? But ultimately, it when you look at who's it helping, well, it helped a hell of a lot more people because the porn performer or the uh, the, the the monopolist talent pool is tiny in comparison to the amount of people that could be benefiting from a uh, ultra risk, you know, like a, to almost a well-run platform that empowers people, cuts out the middleman, and allows people to make money on their content. And um, I just feel like it's going to be the same with crypto that it was with camming in the sense that whatever platform comes out to be the the uh what they say was the saying that they use like the the first uh first market advantage i think that's what it's called right fma um mm-hmm. first to market like first that, mover. that may be yeah first mover right that may be vice token because they got so much backing from the monopoly but i don't know if it's going to be the one that serves the most people i think that that's the beauty of having open source uh and decentralized systems is that we 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 can keep coming up with something that works better well that, and, uh, that i believe that goes back to that whole argument um at the beginning of the whole disruption versus empowerment like i don't think people and you could disagree with me but i don't think people sat around saying man we have to we have to empower we have to empower hoes. We have to take the power back right. from the pimps. We got to empower the. Ho- I think what happened was the internet came out, and that kind of shifted it. And if company A sees that company B uses this tool and it affects the growth of the company in a positive way, company A is probably going to adopt the same tool. So now we have Pornhub and MindGeek with Verge Currency. Like you said, there's hundreds of thousands of cam girls. There's no way we're going to empower every one of them. I think the only way that we're going to see change is if we just disrupt the entire system and go from there. I don't know if we should focus our efforts on empowering people, or at least on a singular level. I mean, I know it's an unpopular opinion. No, I, I, I agree with you in, in some, some extent. It's like, you know, we all got, we all trying to do our best, but at the same time, you want to be the most effective that you can be, right? And so, for sure, um, I think that if, if people have the uh, capability to, to uh, visualize systems that can affect uh, a large, the, the largest, the larger group, the better, right? And and that's what in whatever field you're doing, right? But the thing is, what I see is that it's gonna get to a, a tipping point of uh, of what works for some works better than for other. I, put it this way, right? It's like who the biggest, the biggest, most successful cam girls right now never did porn. A mainstream porn, right? And they've been banking for years, and arguably some of them are way hotter. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish they were in the talent pool, but <laughs> actually, with all the shit that's going on with the testing and the HIV and all that crap, I'm happy that they never went in. Now, what I'm saying is, a lot of the top name porn stars they will never say it on a podcast or out out publicly or anything, but they. Uh, they they have said to me, oh, I wish I listened to you, Kenny. And they have said to me many times, like, I wish I could make what that girls was making. Because at the time, I was running a, a cam studio and bringing girls on and helping them just get situated. And I'm not trying to claim any of their success because really I was just onboarding people. But 
being able to be at, at, at that level of the admin, I can see what they make and uh, and I can see what they can pull in numbers. And I'll tell you, man, like a lot of the porn girls who I didn't tell, you know, details specifically, but I was just talking in, in, in general terms, they would love to be making those kind of money. And so I feel like in the same in the same conversation, but what we had with Camming is going to be the same with these things like vice token versus whatever else, because you're going to have the people who are loyal to the brand or whatever, loyal to the mat, the, the monopoly, turning around and being like, "Well, shit, I'm still paying when I don't have to." These systems allow me to be directly exchanging with the consumer. And then what I can see with like, especially once producers are getting more in, involved in it, I can see, um, and and with smart contracts coming in, I can see that you, what's going to be a big mover is when you get the first sort of uh, quote unquote uh, a professional standard content that's coming out that's that everybody involved in the production is involved in the smart contract and they're going to get directly paid to the success of the content that is being bought directly from the consumer no middleman everybody's invested in the success of the content and that's where you're going to have i feel the content is going to be the 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 final say and there is definitely a bias to certain types of content and there is definitely a growing voice speaking out against that and and wanting to see i'm not even going to knock what's out there at the moment but i'm going to say that there's a growing voice for diversity and there's definitely a hunger i think for more different types of content and so and especially amongst the performers themselves and especially not being a, a, a social justice warrior or a captain saberhole, but especially now the girls and prominent girls speaking out about the work environment that they're in and the types of shit that they have to do, when they get a, a platform where they can produce content and get paid directly and, you know, even blockchain, even blockchain would empower uh, zero risk production if everybody's on board is written into the contract then that that means everybody's putting in their work and i'm talking about not having the fucking creepy man with a cam guy i'm talking about have the guy who's got the red who's got the high-end stuff who's got the rig who's got the jib who's got experience 10 years 20 years in the game i'm talking yeah. about get the photographer who can really make you pop and look good not the guy who's taking a fucking picture with his iphone well, and I'm not even knocking iPhone because that shit is good now. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so these people can be on productions creating content that they want to be involved in that they feel is yeah. whatever they want to do. If they even can call it art if they like. But they could do that. Zero cost. Everybody's getting to get paid. It's all written in. There's nothing to be worried about. Let's all promote it together. Let's all show how that works. And then you got, and then you got so-and-so on the other side, who's still working for the man monopoly, who's, who's getting pressure from 
her agent to work with people who ain't fucking clean or questionable and doing other shit or being pressured to go to fucking Mexico and put more plastic in their body and being fucking sad and just being not, not being uh, empowered in any way, you know, and, and then, and then, they, and then, you, um, go ahead. Oh, I just want to finish on the uh, on the on the end of that. You have the depression, and then the the substance abuse and escapism, and then you have the suicide, which we've just been dealing with multiple times in the last year. And that's what I'm saying. That's what it really comes down to is like, how are you going to protect people who are already vulnerable, who are already ostracized, marginalized, and trolled every fucking day, not to fucking end themselves just because someone don't like them. Or they have to do something they don't want to do because they're scared because they don't see any other options because they don't feel like there's any op- options. So the the everyday us, the jerkers, whatever you want to call them, the consumers, right? We ain't thinking that we're just saying, oh yeah, these people earn a lot of money, they're getting paid to, to fuck. That's that's the dream life, that's the good life. But they ain't seeing that at the end of the day, these are real people still, and they're still getting exploited. In every fucking way, and the blockchain, blockchain can help it. I'm just saying, no, yeah. you know, blockchain can change all that, and you can be happy, happy, banking, yeah. knowing that the the that, that that the content, if it's created using blockchain, it could be empowering people. Yeah. I'm just saying. We call jerkers the uh, general purpose people around here. Okay, yeah. General um, GPPs. Um, well, um, I actually grew up with Super Mario and all the games, so I am Captain Savaho. And maybe we should try and like have a, I don't know, like I didn't know, like you said, Joe. It's like it's gonna be hard to, to be hard to master. Yeah, send me an Excel um, spreadsheet of girls that you know that are happy in the industry, so I can search for them next time I jacket, and I won't feel guilty. Because <laughs> this is some depressing <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. like I, I didn't know I, that dire in the industry, but. Um, at the same time, it is, I mean, that's, I guess it makes a ton of sense. So, um, I guess we got to wrap this up. Um, in 10 words or less, can you describe blockchain? Oh, actually, I stumbled on this last time you asked me this. Um, yeah. Should we do Bitcoin? I don't know. I don't know, man. I I said blockchain. What did you say, blockchain? Yeah, blockchain is. I think last time I said something real corny like blockchain is the future. That's it. But uh, I'm gonna have to check what I said. But for me, um, blockchain can empower. Blockchain is empowerment. It's empowerment for everybody. Well, it ain't though, really, because um, people, until they learn that some ICOs are pre-mined and, and all of this shit, it's not going to empower everybody. I say, <laughs> I say blockchain. I would say blockchain education is important. Period. That's me. <laughs> I'll take that. Got to learn, it. right? And we got to learn through mistakes too. And and I say, you know, every. I think I said the other day. I said some will follow the money, some will follow their heart. Every way is a way. And that's it. And that was in relation to reward porn over free porn and um, just in life in general. You know, some people follow money, some people follow their heart. That's it. I'm not going to shut up about it. 
<laughs> so I guess if we could summarize this whole thing, there's no such thing as free porn. So we need to change so the thing. From there's pay. no such thing as free lunch. So there's no For such real, thing man. as free porn. Hey, that, that's a, that's perfect because you know that someone's always going to pay, right? Mm-hmm. The energy that goes into making it, the energy that goes into creating something, there ain't nothing free. So I know this is the conversation. I mean, and you guys have just said it yourselves, but this conversation is depressing to a lot of people. Because hey, we all been having a party in our in our bedroom or in the cubicle, wherever it's at. Everybody's been having a party at porn. Cubicle. But I'm Damn. telling you, man, someone's oh. got to pay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe well, we should have the data to work. I'll be yeah. put my Fitbit on next time, and like I'll just. So count those steps, and then we can like for every step. No, I'm kidding. There you go. I'm, I'm going off. There you the go. Road. I can um, it right now. You link Fitbit <laughs> to reward porn to <laughs> gamify, monetize your engagement in it, and you're on a winner right there. You just put that together right there. So, monetize yeah. my jerking, everybody. I hope you're ready. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> let me know about the ICO. <laughs> Yeah. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that interview with Kenny Styles. Um, since it's episode 200, uh, which is a big deal in in podcasting, it's a pretty big deal. Um, we're gonna cut to Ken Ken Bozak, who was uh, AKA the Bitcoin Viking, AKA Ask Me About Bitcoin, AKA the guy you'll see with the giant ginger beer walking around conferences asking pertinent questions. Um, he's a very, very big fan of the show. He used to work with us. Uh, he got a tattoo of our logo on his bicep. Um, you thought you that's were a what fan. You do. Step your game up. Yeah. Yeah, you thought you were cool. Yeah. Uh, well, he got a tattoo of us, of our, not of our faces. That's weird. But of our logo on his bicep. Um, unfortunate for him, we are doing a rebrand. So <laughs> sorry, sorry. We're, we're so sorry, Ken. Gonna fade. And it's in me. Ow. All right. So guys, two hundred episodes. That's pretty big shit, man. Like that's a lot of guests. Um, some of the biggest. Uh, in your opinion, guys, who were some of the biggest guys you've interviewed? Andreas, um, um, Andreas, Andreas, and Andreas. Hey, I was there for that one. Way yeah, back. Yeah, we brought you in for that one. Yeah, I mean, we've had, we've had, I don't know, the whole point of kind of this podcast was to get the whole broad scope of all the things this technology touches on, right? It's, we don't want to get just the big names. Don't get me wrong. It's been nice getting people like Andreas and Joe Lubin and people like that to come on and talk about things, but... I think it's kind of more interesting to get the character pieces of all of the different ways this 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 technology touches people, like shit like this, right? Like this is this is interesting to get a piece of tattoos who only like tattoo parlors only accept cash, and this is they're they're more often not willing to accept crypto because it's basically digital cash, and instead of only accepting cash like physical cash. They can say, oh, we opened up to crypto. Now we accept payments from all around the world and shit like that. That's way more interesting to me than, saying, than talking to somebody that has 
has a basically a pitch when they come onto your show where they have they can only say certain things and then they walk away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the coolest part is he actually holds the crypto, so it's not like he's looking for a, a fiat way out. You know, he's not using Coinbase or anything to cash out. He's holding the crypto or using it like on Perks.io or whatever to buy things. So it's, it's money as money uses money. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I started this show because I'm running for president in 2020. So vote for Dave. I wanted <laughs> vote for Dave to gain a following. Nobody's no, running. Um, yeah, it's been a fun 200 episodes, man. It came a lot faster than we thought it would. And I know when we started it, it was always like, man, I don't know how long we're going to be doing this. I knew we knew we got excited to do it every week. Um. In fact, it was what I. It is what I look forward to is recording every show, every week. I think that uh, us us doing this is a testament to like the grind. Cause, like I, it, anybody who's listening to this who hasn't heard our early episodes, go listen to our early episodes and listen to how terrible they are. <laughs> like they're like, so bad. I was I was living in Brazil. There's nothing but like birds in the background with my dogs barking and like we don't know what we're talking about. Like granted, we understand like like the technology, but we don't know how to do a podcast. And through like the last 200 episodes, we've slowly but surely learned how to talk, how to talk to people, how to have some modicum of professional audio quality. <laughs> Oh, there's some dogs. There you go. So we still have dogs. <laughs> there's the irony. <laughs> still have dogs in the background. Sound effects. That was uh, Martello with the, the soundboard effect. Yeah. Yeah. We got a rap air horn now, so the production quality has gone up quite a bit uh, since you know we started. The production quality is just through the roof now. You guys can uh, hear people in so. the from, you know... There we yeah. go. So. From porn stars to rappers to founders to developers. Yeah, man. Yep. Well, CEOs, CFOs. We should ask like why you're getting the tattoo and like what does the podcast mean for you and what it did for you and all right, all so that. Podcast is family, family. Uh, but like, if it wasn't for the podcast and uh, I, I and and uh, like personally a lot to be. Uh, for pushing me to do more in the industry than just be a spectator. I, I, I wouldn't have learned the way I learned about cryptocurrencies if it wasn't for you guys. And if I didn't learn about it the way I did learn about it, I wouldn't be here the way I am here in the industry now. So my understanding of this space is, you know, indebted to the podcast and all the knowledge that it brought to me. I mean, I started at episode one and worked my way up to the current episode when I finally caught up. And, you know, by the time I caught up, you guys just seemed to be, like, really on top of it. Like, there was no, you know, um, nothing to sell. There was no this or that. It wasn't pitching or anything. It was just, you know, opinion on and, and facts on top of opinion and news. And with all that, the way you guys presented it, it was just digestible for me. And a lot of people, and I'm not the only one, you guys get hit after hit for episode because... The way you present the information is digestible to a degree that wouldn't be any other way. And I, I just feel like I, without the podcast, I wouldn't be who I am, where I am in this industry. 
Um, yeah, man, I, I, I look forward to every episode. I, I look forward to uh, now. You guys have way too many uh, channels on the network. I don't mean that in a bad way at all. It's just I wish I had more time in my week to catch up on all of them. And you guys are doing a uh, big service to the industry with all that hours. I mean, you guys put in hours after hours of effort into this. And you don't ask for anything, you know. It's, it's just I, Getting this tattoo is a way of saying thank you to you guys. And, you know, uh, it, it's like we were talking earlier off air. It's like a time capsule. Like, this period in my life means that much to me that I have to get it immortalized on my body. I think it's wow. I think it's kind of funny. Like we started out uh, as a podcast on a Facebook group. It was me, D, and Marcello uh, with like a podcast. Like we just basically took recordings, and so all of our conversation went to went through that Facebook group. Regardless if it was like all the bullshit Street Fighter talk that D would come up with, regard it didn't matter what it was. It all went straight through a Facebook group. Interesting qualifier. You said bullshit there. I don't yeah, know well, if I qualify it like that. Yeah, well, you know. And then slowly but surely, we learned more and more and more stuff. And then we kept growing and growing and growing. And I remember when you came into the picture and started helping us out with descriptions and things like that. And then you grew up and started kind of building your own channel, talk, make, making your own interviews. And here you are now. And it, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting to see like this side project that we grew just cause we wanted to like talk about something and we just kept doing mm-hmm. it. And then we've have also had people come up with us and to see like where you have become, as big as you are is also like it's 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 interesting it's it's awesome to see someone has made a almost I would say a career out of something we built as a side project, and I think is that's it is what it is, man. And thank you so much for that because exactly I wouldn't have been able to do this if it wasn't for the you know writing those descriptions and being you know motivated to do interviews of my own and stuff like that. This tattoo kind of hurts. (laughs) Love is pain, bro. It hurts good. It's a good hurt. Yeah, it hurts just as much as hodling Bitcoin in a bull run.